Let's get ready to throw down. What's up, everybody? Live lunch break, part 700. Who knows how long we've been doing these at this point? Al's got his face covering, his mask. He's well, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is my uh, my go-to, but it's about it was a homemade mask. My staff made them, and so I'm I'm a, I'm one thread away from losing my protection. You are flirting with danger, yeah. sir. I man, it's danger close. Danger <laughs> close. Awesome. We have Nanette who's got a a new paddleboard in the background. She's going to go paddleboarding, I think, as soon as we're done here. So, and Clint might be joining us. He might not be. Um, you know, he's, uh, MIA. he's super important, right? He's closing deals, hopefully. I mean, that would be a good reason to miss the show. Well, let's let's hope it's a, a money endeavor and not, a, you know, one of his other excursions. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Melissa is right off camera here. So if you guys are watching on Facebook and you want to leave a comment, ask a question, please do. Um, and let's kind of like hop in, right? It's Friday. Uh yeah. What's been going on this week for you guys, if anything exciting? So, uh, we're ne- I'm sorry. No, I was, you know me. I have to jump in. Um, I think that things are definitely picking up. I'm definitely seeing one of my surgeons, well, actually two of them are really busy, you know, just catching up. So that's wonderful. Okay. So what, I'm sorry, Dr. Daniel, what were you going to say? Um, yeah, we're, we're just doing our briefing on antibody testing here at the clinic. So we're going to be testing for the COVID antibodies for patients and anybody that's interested in that. So we've sent out, uh, you know, people have been actually calling us. So we got the test kits in yesterday. Um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, things are opening up. Uh, what I am seeing is not everybody's surviving the shutdown though. Um, yeah. number of colleagues that have called saying that they're, um, they're no longer going to be in practice. So we've, um, you know, we've come out the other side, I think in a stronger position. Um, so, you know, I know this, you know, uh, I mean, this is just the truth. When these things hit the weaker hands sometimes have to fold and fold in the sense of, you know, they may not be in the position they were in. They may have to go find another job. They may have to. So, so those of you that are out there, you know, a couple of things, if, if your company's not one that's going to step back up to the plate, you need to start looking now to make a move. And if yours is stepping up, now's the time if you're in a managerial position or if you're in a growth position is to move up that ladder because they're going to be bringing in some of these newer guns underneath you. So, so think about this in a way that gives you a path in a direction. Because if you're standing still right now, you're losing. Okay, so I have a question for you, Al. If, if you were not you with all your connections and experience in, in healthcare, and you were starting now, like, like you worked for someone, you got laid off, sales capacity, you're going to do something in sales again, like what are... Are there certain industries that you would be looking for or into over others on the on the other side of this if you were starting completely over? Yeah, I. That's a good question. I mean, it kind of. Uh, I would think that medical sales, you know, is going to be a strong arena. Um, I I just had a, a visit with my daughter, who's a senior, soon to be a senior, and she's in a kind of a communications marketing kind of arena. 
And she was looking for internships in like event planning and all these big venues run, you know, she's like, there's, you know, she was in discussions about what she was going to do this summer and all of that's gone. Right. And with no, no real uh, indication of when they'll be back. Right. So if you're good at sales, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Right. I got to find somebody who's selling something and go sign up. It may not be the dream of position, but it's a position and then go sell. You know, what, what are things that you, I mean, this, this COVID has identified, what are things that people cannot live without? Well, the silly thing, toilet paper, but you know, you know, okay, hold on. Let me, let me throw out some names, Cisco food sales, McKesson. Okay. Um, uh, Henry shine. These are, these are, these are distributors that distribute into the medical arena and they are huge. If you've got a track record, I would be looking into food, transportation. I'd stay away from airlines. I'd stay away from venue events. You know, um, those are the hardest hit industries. Uh, Yeah, I think you go back to the basics. And IT sales, I think, are going to be big. I think the Internet's going to be wrought with a lot of abuse. And we know some people from our past experiences that are in that Internet security arena I, personally, it probably wouldn't be a fit for me because I'm a stump when it comes to that. I mean, John has to invite me in every time to do these meetings because I can barely find my ass on a computer. But, you know, um, I think low tech is in. I'd get a I'd get a lawnmower and start mowing grass. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, different things that just never go away. The grass always grows. Um you know, again, I think that used car sales are probably going to come up. I don't think new car sales, I, you know, that, that may wane a little bit, but people constantly need, you know, those kind of things. So uh, uh, consumer consumables, right? Those are those are areas I'd look at. What about for, for you, Nanette? Do, do you think of any, you know, if, if you were starting over, would you stay in healthcare or would you make a move on the other side of COVID? I would stay in healthcare. I People are always going to be sick. People are always going to need their medicine. I was just talking to um, one of my neurosurgeons literally an hour ago, and they are having issues with patients and their prescriptions. The diabetic, one of their patients is diabetic and just struggling. You know, that's something that people are going to always need. You know, Al mentioned um, cutting grass. I not not trying to argue anything, but I used to have a long guy and I I canceled it and I'm doing it myself. And I, you know, I think places that you can save money whenever there's an issue is what people are going to save money. So think about you can't get your medication. You can't diagnose yourself. You have to met. I just think medicals. um, I mean, I hate it probably because everyone can't do that. But I, I think that's just an area that everyone's always going to need. You know, that's what I always told my kids, you know, and they both, both, all three of my kids, not both of them, all three of my kids married in the medical. And I'm, I'm like, I always laughed. And I thought, well, I, maybe I preach that too much, but I do think that is, think of what you cannot do your own that you have to you have to have and even the food thing you know and like the water thing i mean i don't know i think it's i think there's a lot but i think medical is 
I, I what's better than medical that you don't you, you're guaranteed you're gonna you have to have help with that now I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys something out there I when I walked into medicine you know the sales aspect of medicine man I looked across the table and I saw some sharp individuals it's not for the week you better bring your a game and you better stay the f on top of it because if you get that opportunity it's one where you don't get very many mistakes that you can, you know, that you can suffer through because it's a, it's a cortical game. You've got a bunch of high end personalities and these guys want, you know, doctors want what they want when they want it. You got office managers that are under the gun to make sure these practices run. And so, yeah, it's, it's one where, you know, the, the survival of the fittest. Yeah. Right. Um, I, what so, about you, John? You know, I think Where would you go? if I was starting all the way over, I would probably, with like no connections or anything, I would probably go, I think I'd probably go into something of like a product, right? Because like the consulting thing is kind of difficult because a lot of people are like, how do I know that I can trust you and stuff like this? So the 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 social proof requirement and what I do is is rather extensive, right? You know, testimonials and feedback and everything else like this. Whereas and this might be me thinking that like grass is always greener kind of deal. But like, I think that with a product, you can show up and be like, Hey, like would this thing help? Right. And you've got, you have like a tangible thing that people would be like, Oh yeah, that would help or it wouldn't. Right. Like mm-hmm. I know that I'm smart. Like my clients get value out of the work that we do together. But like, if you don't know who I am, okay. Yeah. How, how much do I really trust this guy's process and brain, you know, power and everything mm-hmm. else like that. So mm-hmm. I, I would probably go down the path of like creating it like a, either like a SaaS product, you know, like, like a software as a service or something, something along those lines. Um, Just because I think that, I I think it's easier to do that kind of stuff on like a volume play than doing some of the Mm -hmm. stuff that I'm doing, which is much more like higher ticket, you know, because you got to be in the right market and fishing in the right holes for those things to to land. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. if you can figure out like a, like a decent widget, right. That you can just produce and market and sell well, then, Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's kind of the dream, but you know, one of the things that just came to mind is if, you know, if I was starting not completely over, but if I was in a sales role, say I had been just in the hardware side of things where I was selling to surgeons, um, I would be looking for a lateral move, right? I would be looking at everything from pharmaceuticals to tissue sales to bio, you know, the biologics, the whole gamut. And there, I mean, if, if you're in an industry and one segment or one vertical is not working because of COVID, start looking at other verticals that sit left or right to the vertical that you're used to, right? So get creative. And I would call people. And I would literally be hat in hand wanting an opportunity. And, and you know, pride cometh before the fall. Because at a certain point, if it's starting over, it's starting over. Get your head out of your butt. You're starting over. You're going to take less. You're going to have to get back to, you know, working harder and, and longer. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast, guys. So it's not the same world. Well, and that, that was something that I was going to say in relation to when, what, what, whatever you choose, whatever you think is the smart avenue to take, you better have a, it's, it sounds like opposite, but you better have a leadership heart and, and a servant heart where you better be able to motivate yourself and 
be willing to deny yourself to help others or you are not going to succeed. I don't care what field you go into. You have to have a servant's heart. I really believe to succeed. I mean, and, and you got to be willing to eat a plate of glass to get a job. Right. And I mean, that, that seems extreme, but I've seen too many high minded salespeople that, that unfortunately, you know, I, I think that that attitude just I, I think you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and you're going to have to hit the pavement and you've got to be willing to to, to, you know, to to do whatever it takes if you're in that position where your industry is just not coming back. Yeah. Right, I, we got a we got a door knock actually last night by, and another one just now. This guy was here and he was trying to sell uh, like uh, pest control services. Right. And so mm-hmm. went out there. It was an okay pitch, right? He did all the all the very traditional stuff, assumed the sale, barreling right right at it and everything. And so finally I was like, I hey, mean, can I stop you? He said, Yeah. And I said, you know, it's gonna be a no, but I'd like to like ask you some questions about your role. And he said, Sure. This guy <clears throat> is from New Jersey. He goes to college in Maryland, and all of his a lot like your daughter, all of his internships got just knocked down, like just completely gone. So a friend of his had sold, you know, the same pest control the year before and made some good money. So he just decided to like pack up, move to Texas for the summer to sell because he was saying that we were opening up faster down here than they're, than they're opening up up there. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this guy is willing to move halfway across the nation. Your sound just went. Did it? I can't hear you. Um, hold on. I can hear you. You can hear Nan, me. Now? Can you speak? Maybe it's me. Nan, I can't hear you. Yeah, I think it's you. Nan, speak. It's me. It's now. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I can now. Okay, yeah. cool. Technical difficulties, everybody. Sorry, um, but he. I mean, he's he's down here for like three and a half months. You know, and his job sucks. Like I, I said, how many doors do you knock on a day? And he's like, the goal is to knock on 150 doors. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. how many conversations are you trying to have off of that? And he said, the goal is 60. And I was like, 60. Dang. Wow. Right. That's, that's right. That's, a, that's well, a lot of conversations. You're going to get good. Right. As long as you're coachable. Yeah. Yeah. And self-aware, right. Mm-hmm. Of where you're having to modify your technique to fit your product and fit your audience. Right. Yeah. So it's not a one size fits all. I think the same dynamic applies, right? You know, getting, you know, uh, you know, getting that pendulum to swing to get that patient or that, I'd say patient, that, um, that client to make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. And, and using all the tools of, you know, bonding and rapport and going through, you know, you know, some of the trials and tribulations or the pain that these patients, these people are, are experiencing that you're going to solve with your particular product. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and going for the no still it's, you know, don't, I mean, cause there's where you got to choke back the urge to be desperate. Right. Whenever I say, John sounds like this isn't a fit. Wouldn't you agree? And, and, you know, John needs to come back and either give me a yes or a no. Well, if it's a no, then the question is, why is it that you'd never want to do business with me, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to ask the hard questions to outpace your competition. Because if you show up like every other person that's showing up for the sales role, guess what? That Those people are going to have a hard time surviving. You've got to sharpen the sword and yeah. get in there and cut some, cut some grass. I mean, yeah. you got to get it done. You know, the, yeah. I, I've been <clears throat> I've been journaling about this all week. And the thing that comes back to me is like nobody wants a yes man. 
right? Like in your, in your trusted advocates, nobody wants the guy who's always going to be like, Hey, that's a great idea. Right. They want someone who's going to be mm-hmm. like, okay, why, why are you doing it that way? Is that really the smartest way? Is there another way that we should talk about? And you can, you have the opportunity to do that from the get go because it's really hard to change mm-hmm. that relationship later on. Right. If you oh, agree, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. If you get the business by, by being the most, you know, uh, placating always on the spot, you know, Johnny, Johnny ready guy, then like, that's how the relationship is going to work, which means, you know, you might get taken advantage of, you might be too, uh, too exposed and everything else like this might stop you from going, growing your entire book. But, uh, well, you know, but, but you just hit on something. You've got to maintain that equal stature as hard as times are, we're still in this together. Right. Yeah. And I'm still here to provide you a solution, not be your whipping boy. Right. And, you know, you're going to find a lot of frustration out there, a lot of frustration. People are having to do more with less. You go into an office, they're understaffed now. Maybe they've had to let some people go or some people are still out. You know, the big dilemma is we're paying more people to sit on the sidelines now. And so some of these, you know, some of these industries are understaffed. They can't, all their employees haven't come back. So those are all kind of key arenas. And here's another thought. Don't be afraid to take a non-sales position in a very strong company and then push your way into sales. Think about that as well. If there's a really thriving industry that you have some kind of um, inclination that it'd be a good fit for you, but there are no sales openings, ask if there's any opening at all. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because something's better than nothing. And, you know, Poop in one hand and, you know, open wish the, you another. know, wish in the other one, you know, see which one fills up faster, right? One of the things that I've been doing that's been somewhat successful is, uh, you know, reaching out to people, getting into their DMs, having a bit of a conversation. And the, and the thing is, is I've been playing with lots of different things, right? Uh, I posted some of the stuff on my, on my Facebook, but these people are, it's so easy for them to be like, oh, not right now, not right now. And you know, you're just like everybody else. I don't really need this, you know, and things like this. And to your point, right. I, you got to go with that. Right. Cause, cause when you try to challenge that assumption, you don't have enough trust yet. Right. Oh, you guys are just like everybody else. If I say, no, I'm not, I now have to prove why I'm not. Whereas if I'm just like, absolutely, man, you know, I mean, well, I, I hear that I, a lot. Exactly. That's when you say not uncommon, because I do hear that a lot. And I understand where that comes from. Should we have a discussion about that? And, and the assumption isn't always, you know, a fit. And, and let me tell you why. Yeah. Right. So, you know, again, it's if you're polite about things and, and to the point, people like, like Clint said last week about the guy that just called up and, and, you know, threw his pitch and it felt good to Clint. If you can, you know, because business owners and business still want to do business. Yeah. Right. They're, they're just going to, it's going to take a little bit more out of you to impress them that there's the potential that you could help them through this crisis. Yeah. So I say, bring up the crisis, have a conversation around COVID and how, how harmful it's been and be empathetic and, and ask them how it's impacted their business and what their forecast looks for and how are they going to survive the, 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 these trying times? Mm-hmm. I think that's legit. Yeah, I know it's legit. Whenever I talked to somebody, he said, my patient visits went from 80 last week to 84. He's glad for the extra four visits. Yeah. And it's almost hard to tell him, you know, 
wow, you know, what are you doing? Because people are frozen in fear. I'm like, what are you doing to get more patients? What are you doing to highlight that you're open? What, you know, because people are locked down. They're, mm-hmm. they're not, they're, they've got blinders on. They're not seeing lateral. They, they're, their creative juices have been stifled. They're in survival mode. And that is the, you know, that's the quickest death to a small to medium-sized business. Because yeah. you have no confidence. It's all been kicked out of you. You know, your bank account's on, on empty, man. You're, it's like driving your car, right? You're trying to get to the gas station, but you're in the middle of West Texas. You're like, holy shit. And you're watching the needle. You're not watching the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's hard for my market because I think that there's a lot of people who have got a lot of preconceived notions about this method of selling that, that I'm doing, like sl- sliding into DMs, asking some questions, building some rapport, trying to get on a call. And, and they kind of have their walls up. And so one of the things that I've started doing was really kind of talking about like, hey, now, you know, we've been chatting for a little bit. I'm supposed to ask you if, if we can hop on a call to see if there's anything that we can work on together. But before I do that, is it okay if I share my big three with you? And they'll have been saying either sure or what's your big three, you know, and then I can say, you know, what we have found is that we can do really cool stuff for clients and really help them, you know, increase their sales and everything else in the process and higher and scale and everything. But we kind of got to see some alignment on three major points. So, and then I can draw those out. And so they're, they're not pain points, right? Because I think that more and more people are just savvy to the idea of people are looking for pain points. So instead of doing that, which is kind of transparent and people are used to it, let's go the other way, right? Because pain, pain is a great way to get on the phone, but there's also other ways, right? And with people being more savvy, I think there's a, there's an element of wonder that people are looking for, right? Like, mm-hmm. because there's not really anything new under the sun, right? You get a you get a call from like a marketing guy, you know, that he's only got three or four things in his bag. So, you know, you can make a decision pretty quickly, but if like someone, and the reason why I like this is because I heard someone do it on a role play. This is, they were using it slightly different than I, than I've been using it, but it, it sounded really awesome. And I was like, man, I think I can modify that a little bit for my, for my purposes, because then then you can do like quotes from like really big people, you know, because, you know, for my stuff where I'm talking about like data, data driven selling systems, I'm like, Hey, look, you know, here are, here are a big three, right? What gets measured gets managed by Peter Drucker, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The data will speak to you if you know how to listen, you know, by, by this person and, the, and then another one. So like that there would be like, Oh, right. There's, there's a foothold there maybe of like, Hey, I'm curious why these quotes are specifically important to this guy. Versus just like, hey, what what's keeping you up at night, or what's stressing you out during COVID? Um, everything, right? So, well, I th- I think you need to be specific because if it's industry specific, um, you know, some of the questions that I'm off I'm asking my colleagues and other people that are in business, and these are people I do business with, right? So their their business is tied to my business as an, from an ancillary standpoint. You know, how are your numbers? Have you done what have you done to activate? your previous patient base. What's their fear factor in this whole equation? What are you doing to assure them that you're taking the proper precautions to ensure that they have a safe, you know, visit to the office, right? Are mm-hmm. you proactive? Are you, you know, are, are you still sitting on your hands? And you know, a lot of them are still sitting on their hands. Yeah. Right? They're, 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 they're seeing the patients that are coming to them, but they're not going after their patient base. And these guys have been in practice a while. 
they have files that they could be reactivating. So why so why aren't they then right? And 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 because fear makes you close down. Why do you think Al Qaeda can take a guy out into the desert and cut his damn head off, and you never see the guy struggle? Okay. So how does that it shuts your neurology down? So because I think that there's that that that's applicable outside of of even just like patient care, right? In these clinics and stuff like that. Because if you have if you have clients, right, go get into your invoicing system and look for those clients and reach out to those people and be like, hey, I've been saying that from day one. Yeah. If you're not staying tight with your people, your people are afraid. They're going ten different directions. If you're not pulling them together and showing some, like Nan said, leadership, empathy, you know, and, and connection. Even if they don't have an answer, at least you know what their problem is. Yeah, absolutely. And if it comes back in a week, you're like, oh, man, I got a great idea for them. I probably should call them back up and tell them, hey, what are you doing? We're doing direct mailers because people are at home. We are literally, I'm doing it myself, right? Getting a mailing list. We've got a postcard that goes out that says we are still here. We have an email list that we put together, right? We're at about 4,000 emails that we're going to be dropping you know, we're doing antibody testing, cold cough. Oh, here's another one, guys. We have one of our direct reps for McKesson. He's actually a patient of ours. McKesson, very large. You can look them up. They're a supply chain to healthcare. They said the U.S. government is ordering and preparing to order more than they've ever ordered before for their stockpiles. It's going to limit the supply to small guys like us. So we're stocking up. But we're things are running out. It's like it's like when you guys try to go buy toilet paper. We're trying to buy alcohol swaps. We're trying to buy syringes. We're trying to buy gloves. We're trying to buy masks. There is a limited supply. So if you get with somebody that has the ability to solve those kind of problems in healthcare or any other industry, because not all the problems are being solved. There's there's a limited supply in some cases. Yeah, you, you know it is. I mean, it, 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 it's hard out there. But so what? Fuck, what are you supposed to do? Get exactly. in there, roll your sleeves up, and start fighting your way back to what it, you know, because at the end, there's going to be fewer, but there's going to be more opportunities for the strong. For sure. Nanette, before we turn on recording and turn on the live, you know, we were talking a little bit about you, and you were saying that you were doing some, like, email reach outs. Right. Can you well, share a little more about that, about what's working and what well, is it? My um, main physicians are not opening their offices. They're, they're not ready to just let me come in. And um, But as we, we talked about it last week. If you keep up with your clients, you have other ways to communicate with them, be it an email or a phone number. I mean, I've been texting all week long with, with everyone at all the different offices saying, okay, what you know, and it's amazing how easily things, it's a lot easier to communicate via an email or a text than it is to have to drive to the location. But, but that, that doesn't matter if it's easier, but it, it needs to be done right now. It doesn't matter if it's easier later because people want to feel appreciated. So, you know, I'm not just going to drop them a text or an email, you know, you, people do well when you, when you appreciate them by showing some love basically. So, uh, but right now texting and emailing every day with all kinds of people. So is that, is that, 
to kind of nurture the existing relationships you had, or, or are you actively prospecting for new relationships via text and email? No, I am not actively prospecting with, no, I don't, I don't think, I think you have to, I mean, you know, Al could say, well, that's like advertising, but um, I, you know, we, Al and I talked about this the other day that I do, and maybe that's because I'm an S, I do better in front of people, you know, building that relationship. I, I don't, I don't think I would do well just reaching out to, uh, you know, cold calling via email. I mean, I, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Well, and, and a lot of times, you know, our business is such a relationship one-on-one because we do, we, we, in, we interact with, you know, some hospital systems on getting our product on the shelf, but it takes the doctor to use our product off the shelf, right? So yeah. he has to say, hey, go go down to supply and get Al and Nanette's tissue, or I need this particular product. So we have to have a champion inside that system. So that's that relationship that takes, you know, the building. And that's just a nuance to healthcare or to what we do. I'm, 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 I would never discourage anybody from attempting to create new business during the, during these times, right? I, I think some of the best relationships can be forged during trying times because you really are appreciated for the benefit that you can bring to that equation. Yeah. Nanette, you were going to say know? something? It's an agreement with him. I, I, I think, um, I don't have a, I don't think it's bad to reach out to people that you don't know via an email or a text. And as Al said that, you know, I, I think I'm just going to be more successful, but as Al said, this is a good time to try it. Yeah. You know, you know I, I think part, my, one of my big concerns, and I think this is something that we should all kind of consider as well. I mean, I don't need to be, be Debbie Downer today, but I think sales roles are going to change with some of these issues, right? The, the ability to just let somebody walk into your business, it, you know, may be a, a bigger hurdle than it even was, you know, it was already hard to get through the back, you know, get to the back. Now, you know, it, it, it may present itself, it, you know, to be even more difficult to get a face-to-face. So you got to use some of this. And I think that Clint hit on it. Where's, you know, his, you know, the last sales guy that he spoke of on the show was, hey, can you jump on your computer and let me go through this with you? Mm-hmm. Some, some of that, you know, that's got to be in your toolkit. That, I thought that was a great idea. I mean, it doesn't really apply to what we do, but, um, but I think that, yeah, um, it, it can apply to a lot of industries of, hey, John, you know, you got a second to jump on a Zoom call or, you know, face to face. So in talks, I can see these, your, your body language, because that's more of the communication than, than the words that you actually say. Yeah. Right? And, one and of then, the- then you can say, yeah, don't make me jump through the screen and kick ass. <laughs> you can. You can definitely say those things. <laughs> well, no, but you'd kick my ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. I got I to like the screen between the two of them. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm probably not going to be that uh, that that eye in my in my reach outs and conversation. Uh, agreed. But what I'm saying is, you can have fun with this too, and For you sure. can make it enjoyable because you can see the other person, and you can get some feedback, and you can see the eye rolls and. And just the facial expressions about what you're talking about. And you can transmit, you know, your encouragement so much more effectively or for a guy like me, 
or you can see what's going on in their face and their body posture and, and, you know, and get a real sense for, cause you don't know how many times I've walked into an office and I said, Hey dog, how's the practice going? He's like, good, good. But I know it's not good. <laughs> I know the guy I'm like, and so then the conversation goes forward and then you start to, you know, unmask some of the issues that are going on in that office. Mm-hmm. But until I see it on his face and his words don't match his expressions, you know, in his body language, yeah. you know, I, I'm not getting the full story. If it was just by hearing it, it wouldn't be enough. That's fair. And, and this is uh, slightly adjacent to the main topic, but uh, talking about changes on the other side of this, you know, one of the things that you do very well that I didn't really appreciate at the time whenever we were working together is you have, and you say this all the time, right? I, we have, we run a full bag, right? And I didn't, I, I don't think I paid enough attention to that idea whenever, whenever we work together because you have something to offer everybody, right? From like a surgeon all the way down to like a frontline guy and stuff like that. So that way it improves your ability to get traction and rapport and uh, it makes all the conversations that you have into a higher percentage to turn into something long-term. So- right. I think on the other side of this, a lot of people who are who network a lot and and all these things should really be doubling down to go look for like adjacent offers that they could either rep right and, and represent and get like a finder's fee mm-hmm. or something along those lines, or Absolutely. just just make it put yourself in the position so that way every conversation you have is has the potential to be impactful. I'm all for mm-hmm. niching and targeting and like hanging out with your target market and spending time with the people who who earn it. But you know if you can go find you know somebody who does something close to you, right? So in website world, that might be like uh, somebody's SEO offer, right? That you can offer to like other people and get like 10% or white label it or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So that way I can then have conversations about website stuff. Oh, but you want marketing and not a, and not a website? Oh, could you tell me more about that? And, and really right. be able to pivot. And in small business re- worlds, you know, like everybody's got referral networks and referral finders fees and stuff like this. So like if you're out there networking, like go find three or four people who are doing something adjacent that aren't exactly competitors and figure out a way that you guys can work together, right? Whether it's referrals or whether it's like you making the offers on their behalf or something. But I think, I think we're going to see a lot more people showing up to any kind of event with more to offer as opposed to I've got one thing. And if you don't want it, I got to go kind of deal. Well, okay, and so that brings up a real important point. Healthcare is always shifting sands, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've gotten directives on we now have to have this authorization to do this particular procedure. So insurance companies are coming up with new things that started June 1st, right? So they tend to uh, – insurance companies are, are crun- data crunchers. They are just behemoths on – codes and how much they're spending and what what arena they're spending most of their money and they start to stifle it whenever it becomes you know kind of a cash cow for our industry because mm-hmm. you know everybody jumps on the bandwagon and, and you've been in this so you know what i'm talking about yeah. and and with that mentality we have to have different verticals or we get one shut down and we're one trick pony and we're done right and i did that happened to me many years ago I, I had a very big work comp practice and then the state of Texas changed the rules and went to a network system where the insurers were allowed to pick and choose the people who could provide in the, in the injured workers arena. And guess who they kicked out? Everybody that had made money in it prior, right? Yeah. They didn't like big patient advocates. They wanted you to be their lap dog. And, you know, and I've had conversations with, you know, 
company presidents who, you know, it's a thorn in their side, but it's only because they've been misinformed about cost containment and, and the physician side, the participation in it. So uh, again, those different verticals that you have in your industry, start looking left and right, seeing where you could fit your current situation, like you said, into some of these niche markets that maybe aren't as large, and but if they give you a tangible product or something that's sellable, man, go go investigate, see what you can find out, and what the potential is for you to make a living in those arenas. Yeah, there is a saying that I've been thinking a lot about this week, and it's it's all about like target rich environments, right? And the more that you can offer your people, the better the the more target rich every conversation is right mm-hmm. so i'm i'm looking at that stuff very specifically because you know there's a lot of things that people come ask me about that i don't want to do right like i don't want to do websites anymore i definitely don't want to you know stay in that world i've kind of made my peace with it and moved on and things like that so but since people are asking me about that it would make sense to have a good partner right thankfully you know i can send that stuff off to to jeff right because you know he, he's still in that world but Go find those things. Go, go find the adjacent offers, you know, and get some juice on it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you can't get juice, you know, you can make good referrals out to people on a regular basis, which builds trust and builds rapport, you know. Sure. So, you know, don't necessarily say no to, like, some kind of referral finder's fee agreement just because you might not get paid for it. If it's the best thing in, in the industry and that's going to build you rapport and trust with the people that you make that, that introduction to, like, that, that has its own worth. Well, and, and if in, I, I kind of see this through our conversation as being a divide between IT and service industry, right? And, you know, selling that and then consumables, right? What are people, people still have to eat. People still have to buy tires for their car. They still have these consumption habits that are going to stay there. They're maybe diminished, but they're still going to be there. And so if you can find your way into a consumable product, that is, you know, um, that's driven by, you know, consumer demand, there's going to be a need to, for those markets to expand. And they need sales forces to get that done. Yeah. So For sure. Man, without Clint here, we get a lot more done. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait a second. We definitely take the, the positives and move this direction. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, um yeah. Hopefully Clint's on the golf course or out drinking at a bar or something, you know, doing something productive with his time. Hopefully he's not deal. locked in a bo- huh? I said closing a deal. Yeah, that too. That too. Um, yeah, I mean, construction. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, on the local market in the housing industry, I mean, we, we've seen, uh, you know, a little bit of a decline prices are holding up, but just the market hasn't come back because people are afraid to show and tell houses and do all that kind of stuff. But, um, but uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the same industry guys. I think it's the one thing that I'm throwing out there because if healthcare went away, I would be okay. I'd find something, right? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I present well, I, I think that I don't mind having a conversation and I'm not afraid of the no. And I don't think any of us are. And, and, and so, you know, when it comes to time to get in front of people to say something or having a, a sales conversation, you got to be the best at that. You got to be willing to get in front of people, however it may happen, and 
you know, and, and, and have that conversation. And that's the really important thing there because it's too easy to get entrenched in some version of, of your prospecting about like how to get in front of people. Um, use whatever works, right? Just make sure that you're getting in front of enough decision makers on a regular enough basis, either weekly or monthly, that you're actually, you know, getting enough reps, right? Because the thing about being okay with a no is about having, having no pressure in your pipeline, right? Pipeline's mm-hmm. got to be deep, right? If I give you one opportunity at a three-point shot or, or else you don't get to eat, there's a lot of pressure on that one. If you have 40, mm-hmm. no, no sweat, right? It's just a matter of time. So mm-hmm. y- your sales pipeline has got to be looked at the same way. So, you know, go, go add stuff to the pipeline, like as much as you possibly can, and you'll feel different. You'll feel it e- shift and get easier in your conversations. And ask people for help. Ask people for help, not for a handout, but for help, right? Um, Nanette, I'm hoping that you could help me with this. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Or some introduction that's just outside of, because people want to help other people. They really do. I don't, I don't think there's any, you know, because I'm always like, um, I was wondering if you could help me with this. Oh, yeah, sure. What is it? Well, you know, I need to, you know, Find out who runs shipping and receiving for you guys. You know, can you direct me in that direction, right? Yeah. You know, can, you know, would you be willing to help me with this? And if they say, no, I can't give that information out, then I would even say, well, is there somebody else who could? <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's a no from you, sorry, times are hard. I really need to, you know, do a presentation, right? I'm like a door-to-door salesman at this point. And I don't want to be mean. If you want to throw me out, just ask me to leave or get the hell out of here and I'll gladly go. I mean, you've got to just be that guy. You know, and one thing that you do very well is, is you can make that ask like, Hey, could you help me out? And it feels authentic, right? When you're doing that kind of stuff, uh, especially me as a C who doesn't really think about tone in the same way as like you and Nanette do, like I really have to make sure that my tone with those kinds of asks is like really on point that I've got that kind of curiosity inflection in it because otherwise it comes across as just like a tactic, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Al, I'm wondering if you can help me. You don't believe me that I actually need your help, right? It feels like a prompt. But yeah, but I, I, that's on you though, John. And I don't, I'm not, I'm, I mean, in a certain sense, you have genuine conversations in your own way, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so just be you, and 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 however you would ask for help, do that. Sure, but like I'm I'm saying that there are some things that you might hear me say or I'll say or, or Nanette or Clint and go out and try to use it without thinking about the about the nonverbal element. You know, the tonality, the pausing, the cadences, the volume, all of those things. And studies show that that it's much more about like how you say something than what it is, what it actually is you say. So if you're going to lead with that of like, Hey, I'm not sure if you're the right person to, to help me, you know, is it okay if I tell you who I'm looking to talk to? You need to sound yeah. genuinely curious, right? Because when you come across as with that salesperson tone, you turn people off because they're, because they're making mental decisions about you. Right. Right. And, and, but, but that's when you're, you like every other guy that or gal that's walked in there and you're like, I'm with so-and-so and you start giving your vomit spiel of what you do to the girl at the front who says, I just answered the damn phones. What, what do you want? Right. Yeah. So and there, there's the other big hurdle that I see a lot of people fail at is 
they they don't get to the influencer they don't get to the decision maker and they give all their information to the wrong individual keep it short and sweet they don't want to hear your sales pitch they want to hear what do you need i was uh, can you help me and you know yeah what is it well i need to speak to somebody that handles your shipping and receiving who would that be can you, you know, can you help me out yeah right um uh, you know Mind if I borrow your bathroom? I've got to throw up. I'm really nervous about this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think or I've something. I think I think I think I've used that one before. <laughs> I felt that way before. <laughs> I, I I went to this office and I think I've told you to drop. I was I was just pushing literature, right? I had no sales acumen at all. I'm just doing my little brochure, my one pager, and I'm handing it. She's taking it back. So I'm thinking, all right, the guy didn't see it. So I come back in. I got a different version of some one pager. <laughs> the fourth time or the fifth, and maybe it's third to fifth time, she just brings it back to me and shakes her head, doesn't say anything, and hands it back to me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go in this office anymore. I have been officially shut down because I'm that weak. But, I mean, she could have like tipped me over with just a push, right? And if you're not willing to go back to those days, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's a shit show out there in the real world these days and not a complete shit show. It's just things are tumultuous. And if life's going good for you, because we do have an audience that some of these, you know, some of our folks out there are, are still doing well. Yeah. Go get more business. Use that leverage. Step on your competition. Get out there and connect. And hopefully that's happening for some people out there. So the whole thing and everything we've talked about these past few weeks is change is inevitable. It's going to happen. And it's going to either feel like it's a negative or a positive. Well, you've got to improve. You've got to improve your attitude and go, you know what? I'm going to make the best of this and figure out how to improve and don't just go gosh this is what i really want this is what i want to do i want to want to be will be what you want to be don't just think about it don't just you know figure out stuff improve learn something be braver you know like when it, as i was telling that story i i never have that which sorry i know that sounds I don't mean that. I just don't have that in my personality. Good for you. Good for you, Nanette. <laughs> I, so that's not where I need to improve, but think about where you need to improve. People learn when they are alone. You've been alone. You're about to not be alone, more than likely. So, you know, hopefully you have learned something. You have improved in the time. It's inevitable. Like I said, there's going to be change. You it's essential to self-improve being alone. You have to be alone to do that. You can't, yeah, you, we, we can do this podcast and learn from each other and you can learn from other people. That's highly important, but you, you do need to spend time alone to improve yourself. And I, that's my biggest thing, listening to all this, improve. So Al, I would suggest that you start... <laughs> You need to get out to some office. A little less is what is what Nanette is saying. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there, Clint. Like, <sighs> <laughs> yes, I know. I'm 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 rusty as hell at knocking on doors, but you're you're exactly right. We uh we could all hey, you know. So guys, you know, 
Don't do be- as I say, don't do as I do. Because if you followed me around, you might find out how big a weak suck I probably am. But but the, um, but the other side of that, right, is you got to play. You got to play in the field that you're given, right? Like you've been in healthcare for how long now? Two hundred years? Twenty five years. Twenty five yeah, years, right? So right. you've got connections. You've got you got prestige. You've got you know social proof. You I don't know about prestige, but I know well, I got a I got a phone full of numbers. Right, all I got to do is get on and start calling people, and something usually happens. Mm-hmm. Something usually happens, and nobody tells me to go f off. Right, so mm-hmm. I, I will say that is a plus, and they're usually willing to sit down and when you say how's it going, what do you got going on. It's a genuine conversation because I don't want to see anybody go out of business. I don't want to see anybody unemployed. Yeah, I, I, I really hope, it, you know, and if I could ever help anybody, just reach out and say, hey, man, could I have a five minute conversation? If I have any value, you can have it. I was, you know, it, you know, free of charge. Shit, just call me. Let me oh. know what you need. I mean, I'm not going to give you any damn money because I got to keep all of that in my bank account for a rainy day. <laughs> I mean, I'm eating 30 yeah. people. And, you know, but I'll give you some advice or I'll, I'll connect you with somebody and they'll talk to you as well. So, said, so John asked you, how long have you been doing it? So any of you new bucks out there that are going, well, I don't have that credibility. Well, it took him a minute to get it. And you don't burn bridges. You treat people with respect. You, you reach out. You know, you can't have relationship with people. I don't care if it's business, whatever, if you don't spend time with them. So spend you know put yourself out there be it the um email text in their face whatever but communicate with people and so i almost starved to death when i first got out of school literally almost starved to death i was working as an associate and i was making very little money more money than i had but then i had a kid on the way I was going to work a night job and then do the clinic, right? I think some of you guys kind of know this story. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of taking that overnight job, guys. Yeah. You know, if you got to supplement and do something else, I'm sorry, do it, right? Because I did it, right? I got no damn sympathy for laziness. You can sleep when you're dead, right? Quit with the self-pity. Get out there and find something. I'm very glad you said that. I, I, that is a very valid point. I know probably five very, very successful businessmen, and they all have the story of the second, third, fourth job, doing stuff that they were way overqualified for, but it got them to the point. You know, there's security in knowing, well, at least I'm going to have that. At least I'm going to get funds from that. And, you know, it's, it's, this one guy I had a lady I had a lady I had my resume didn't count I had to fill out their application right I had a lady that I'd submitted the application and I was going to work overnight at this production company and they ship stuff out and you just didn't you know anyway whatever that job was and she looked at me and she goes you don't want this job <laughs> <What do you laughs> know? and I said but I need this job I have a kid to feed and she, I thought I was going to make her cry. And she was like, okay, well, can you start next Monday? And I'm like, yeah, I can start tonight if you need me to start tonight. Yeah. Again, that's when doors open up, though, for you, right? That didn't last very long. Okay. That's when opportunity, because I was hungry and I was willing to eat a plate of glass to get out of my situation, not hurt anybody, but do whatever it took 
to get to the next level. And as opportunities started to come up, I was so appreciative to have them. Man, I just made sure I got it right. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show or not, but I took a I took a pretty big pay cut to come work for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know this, but I don't know if the whole audience does. And so Al, my daughter was a, you know, a, a baby essentially and daycare is expensive. And so I would, I would get up and be in the OR at 5 AM oh. with, with Al and these yeah. guys. And then I waited tables in a sushi restaurant here in Fort Worth. I worked Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and then came back and worked uh, the Sunday morning brunch shift. And I did that for almost the entire time that we worked together. Right. So mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like the, those Thursdays and Fridays when there were cases and stuff, when we start at 5 a.m. and we're and we're done with cases at about 2 and then I, I might have like an hour to kind of like follow up on stuff and then get home and change so that way I can be at the restaurant by 4. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, that was that was pure hustle. Right. And it was tiring and it sucked. And but you're still I, alive, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and, 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 good. Well, what it makes me think of um there is a verse in the Bible that says everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. You, you're not just going to be given stuff like, like stop. I love that John shared that. I love that I'll share that. I, I, you, there is training. There is, you, you do not expect to be handed things in life. It's just not. Gonna and if anybody's wondering, Nan just got a richer boyfriend every time. <laughs> 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 but I mean, there's no one. Wait a second, her, her mic's not even working because that was such a good comment. My mic is working. <laughs> you, were, you were just so laughing at your own joke that you didn't hear her comment. Oh, sorry. I guess I was. <laughs> That's crazy that that would have happened in your life, Doctor Danny. But here's the deal: I know guys that have had to shut down their shops and go to work at like Amazon, right? I mean, there's there's nothing bad about that, right? The the bad thing to do is just like throw up your hands and be like, oh, I can't, I can't because make any change. Because if you get into a situation where you're recognized yeah. as hustling on the front line, right? Guess what's going to open up opportunities, right? Show me an organization that doesn't want to promote within with, with, with great people, right? Now, now the time frame, maybe it extends it, but if you can survive, you can then get someplace again, right? Because you got one of two choices. Either get it done or, you know, I'm, I'm famous about jumping off of bridges and stuff, but I shouldn't go that route again because <laughs> I got so much trouble the last time I saw it. So I won't say jump off a bridge, but I will say what else is there for you, right? There's always an option, right? Yeah, there's always an option. We live in a still a very prosperous country. We've been kicked down a little bit, but the, there are better days to come. We, we have to get our arms around COVID, but I think that opens up certain doors and opportunities that might not have existed prior to that. Different ways of doing business, ways that may be more efficient, and you know they're techno they're technology driven, and I'm going to suffer if I have to go that route, right? It's already hard enough for me. But some of the generation before me and before them, like John, and then you know the twenty somethings, you guys are already fit for that kind of stuff. You guys have come through all of that. I mean, y'all don't even know what DOS is, right? You know that's about the only computer terminology I could even throw out there. That's how I, archaic I am. I'm familiar with DOS. I'm not. I'm not that young. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. So 
wrapping up, right? Because we're because we are coming up on the hour. Um, you know, go go look for it, right? It, it's not always just continuously beating your head against the wall. There is an element of that, right? There's always going to be a volume aspect in selling. Like that's just all it is. And with volume is time. So how do you manage your time? So take take the opportunities to go, you know, enrich your environment, enrich your skill set. Like go go mm-hmm. figure out how to make it happen, right? There's and some of the best things is to write write it down, right? Get it out of your head, put it on paper, remove your attachment to it and really figure out if someone came to me with this problem, what would I tell them to do if it wasn't me? Because like mm-hmm. that's where that's where you're gonna find your answer the majority of the time. We let ourselves off the hook around our intentions all the time. All because, the time. All the time. We we firmly believe that the future version of ourself, even if it's to Monday, right? The the gym starts Monday. Are you really gonna be more disciplined on Monday than you are like right now? No. So go today, <laughs> right? Like like think about how you're gonna feel when it's done, right? And this goes for like any activity you don't want to do, right? I don't like prospecting, it's my least favorite part of sales. We've talked about this, but I still make myself do it because I don't get to have decision maker conversations without it. So mm-hmm. I know that I gotta have one to feed the other. So there's there is a there's a consistency of this right there's a not give up to this but there's also like don't be don't be dumb just for the sake of being dumb so that way you can be like well i tried this and it didn't work right we have we have the intellectual sides to ourselves for a reason so yeah i i think you got to get out of your comfort zone you got to challenge yourself and you got to be better than you were before covid hit Awesome. So if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. We didn't really get any questions, but that's okay. So if you know someone else in sales who is sharing that or who's struggling, please share this with them. I did a, uh, a disc breakdown through one of our, with one of our listen, listeners yesterday, Andy, um, and he came out of it with a lot of insight and new information about himself and how he focuses on sales. So if you're not sure who or where you are or what, or what your struggles are or where that comfort zone line actually is and you need help getting past that, reach out to us, disc at salesthrowdown.com. You can message me on any platform that you can find me on. It's always at John Small Mountain. And we're on all the social networks as at Sales Throwdown, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, so yeah, so share this around. If you're struggling, it there's probably some internal side of that as well. And the only way you're going to get past that is to figure out what it is. And that's what these assessments are made for. So awesome. Thanks everybody. (laughs) I was ducking out from the bottom and we'll see everybody next week. Cheers. Goodbye.